Hello, and thanks for listening to the very first Headlines podcast. We cover recent events, significant history, and eye-catching headlines. I'm your host, Caleb Orr, and today we start in Ukraine. Let's back up to August of 1991, when Ukraine declared themselves an independent nation. Before this, during the Soviet period, Ukraine was considered to be under rapid industrialization. They utilized intensive farming and didn't have effective pollution controls, which combined to degrade the environment in Ukraine, whose host to some of the most polluted areas in the world, including the site of the 1986 nuclear disaster Chernobyl, which has some great headlines. Daily News reads, nuclear disaster, and in a later edition, thousands flee nuke nightmare. Underneath reads, help us, USSR pleads. Death toll uncertain. Washington Post reads, Soviet nuclear accident sends radioactive cloud over Europe. Which is a bit a bit dramatic, but like the headlines of 1986, today's news shows dark clouds over Ukraine, but not from radioactive waste, but the dust and debris of war. I won't have enough time to get into all the events going on in Ukraine, but I did want to look at some of the facts. For instance, even though I mentioned they have some very polluted areas, their centralized soils are very fertile and their balanced climate makes for favorable agriculture conditions. So they make made up about 15% of the global grain exports in 2020. They're also the sixth largest exporter of wheat in 2021 with 10% share of the market. Ukraine exports a lot of barley, wheat, and maize And combined with Russia, they make up for about 50% of the world's sunflower seeds exports. Ukraine is the second largest country in Europe, second to Russia, who covers about 40% of Europe. Ukraine has a population of about 43 million, which is 4 million more than California. And they take up a rough area slightly smaller than Texas, the state of Texas. Here in the States, we have about an 18% Hispanic Latino minority group. That's our largest minority group, um, followed by African Americans at about 13%. In Ukraine, Russians make up the largest minority group of about 18% as well, just under, and have the second most common language uh, being Russian. So you can see that Russia or Ukraine serves as a a barrier almost a a divider the size of Texas and um, Russia is starting to move ever closer into this neutral zone that is Ukraine Uh, and we'll we'll see what that means for the over 10 million Ukrainians that have been displaced and the rest of the world when we come back More than 10 million people have fled their homes in Ukraine, including 3.6 million who have fled to neighboring countries and 6.5 million people who have been displaced inside Ukraine. The UN is working alongside other organizations to provide help to people in Ukraine and says it's offering humanitarian assistance, quote, wherever necessary and possible, including giving cash to people for basics like food and rent, providing folding beds and bomb shelters, and setting up reception and transit points for internally displaced people. The UN says that as of the 27th of March, of the 3.6 million that have fled the country, Poland has taken over 2.2 million refugees in, while Romania, Moldova, Hungary, Slovakia, and Russia have taken hundreds of thousands of refugees into their countries. Across the world and stateside, we can see 
an increase in commodities, most notably wheat, as Russia and Ukraine combined for 30% of the world's wheat exports, and corn, where Ukraine exports more than 15% of the world's corn. We've seen a record high at the gas pump on March 11th, where gas prices hit $4.33 per gallon, which is a historic high since July of 2008, where gas prices were a high of $4.11. Now, I looked into it adjusted for inflation, that would have been about $5.37 in today's dollars. So although it wasn't quite as high as we saw on March 11th this year, uh, in 2008, people would have been feeling it a little bit worse at the gas pump. And this is in sharp contrast to just two years ago at the beginning of the pandemic where gas hit $1.77 per gallon. Because we're seeing these high prices today, companies like Uber and Lyft are adding what they're calling a temporary fuel surcharge, where on each order they're taxing about 50 cents per order depending on how far you're being driven. Uh, but 100% of the tax goes to the drivers for the fuel. So it was nice of Uber, but it could have been a little nicer. A little 50 cents. Hey, here you go. Here you go, drivers, for that extra price of gas. But it's okay because in 2015, Uber came out what they call Uber Kittens. That's right, Uber Kittens. And we'll get into that after the break. Yeah. 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 I want to start with a great headline from the Wall Street Journal that reads, Uber knowingly leased unsafe cars to drivers. Underneath, chasing growth, the ride-hailing giant bought SUVs in Singapore subject to a recall, then one caught fire. Which just, it, it does not paint a good picture for Uber, which is probably why in 2015, they had to have their promotion, Uber Kittens, where on October 29th, National Cat Day, in celebration, Uber teamed up with the PSPCA to launch their promotion, Uber Kittens, in 50 cities, including Philadelphia, where the promotion began, Montreal, Atlanta, Boise, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, New York City, San Francisco, Toronto, and Washington, D.C., on October 29th, between the hours of 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., users can spend $30 for 15 minutes of playtime with adoptable felines. Benefits from the promotion included increased publicity for both Uber and the PSPCA, where over 30 cats were adopted. Users were also able to donate directly to the PSPCA, but there were some drawbacks. Demand for the cats was quite predictably high, and it's only a one-day promotion, so cats were hard to come by. But overall, a great headline for Uber to bounce back with. They're also writing their own headlines in their print and online magazine, Momentum, that is exclusively for Uber drivers. Momentum includes stories about how to get exercise when you're behind the wheel, the best places to eat on the go, and where to find restrooms when you're on the clock. The longest Uber trip took place in 2017 when YouTuber MrBeast covered 2,256 miles from North Carolina to California. His cab driver was a former truck driver who stated the long-distance ride wasn't a big deal for him. But the trip cost a total of $5,500, and Mr. Beast paid an extra $5,500 to make the return trip worth it. Which just goes to show, people are really willing to go the extra mile for social media acclaim. I, I, I'm just glad he gave the driver an extra $5,500 for the return trip, because that is, that is some crazy distance there. To just ride with somebody you picked up on the side of the road who looks at you and tells you he's a YouTuber 
and you're about to drive to California and no thank you. But it, it just goes to show people are doing crazy things for social media. Tide Pod Challenge, handful of deaths among preteens. Blackout Challenge, people are holding their breath until they pass out. Handful of deaths among preteens. Cinnamon Challenge, eating a spoonful of ground cinnamon without the aid of water. Uh, a more handful of deaths here. Not necessarily directly because of the cinnamon, but because of breathing-related ailments uh, from consuming that much dry powder. Also, the Benadryl Challenge, where participants document intentionally overdosing on Benadryl, which is a deliriant in high doses. You'll see results similar to hallucination. But the one that caught my eye, today's headline, Orbeez Challenge. Encourages kids to shoot Orbeez at each other using a gel ball gun or an airsoft gun. In Florida, a 19-year-old was arrested for shooting an Amazon delivery driver in the glasses and neck while they were driving. The same shooter involved in that case also shot another random adult and a 10-year-old child in the face and chest. Deputies identified and arrested the suspect, charging him with shooting into an occupied vehicle, child abuse, and two counts of battery. Social media challenges... Just made somebody shoot somebody with Orbeez? I didn't. I forgot about Orbeez. But now they're loading them in airsoft guns. And sh look, if I have a problem with somebody, I'm going to walk up to them and slap them in the face. Because if it's anything like the Oscars, you can slap somebody in the face with no repercussions. And that sounds way better than getting charged with two counts of battery for shooting somebody with Orbeez. Orbeez. To all the listeners, thank you for listening. Don't shoot anybody with Orbeez. Solve your problems by slapping people in the face. Thank you to HiViz Media for supporting us. I'm your host, Caleb Orr. And until next time when we read the headlines, thank you for listening.